12 years in the majors. And let's start with the Mets and Padres, two of the biggest disappointments really in baseball right now. We know Steve Cohen is going to talk tomorrow, and the Mets are eight games under 500. It's the worst that they've been this entire season. And you watch this team and go, okay, I see that. I see the Padres. I see a lot of talent. But talent, money spent, doesn't necessarily dictate the, dictate the success that these teams are going to have. At what point do we get to a season, Sean, and just go, these teams are who they are. It's not just about a long season anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think the Met, the Mets obviously have, uh, you know, been c- kind of bitten by the starting pitching, you know, really hasn't been there all year long. I mean, Verlander came back late. Scherzer's kind of been up and down. Uh, the teams, you know, Alonzo was hurt a little bit, but he's hit some home runs, but hasn't been maybe great offensively. Lindor's you know, just been okay. Nimble's been the one big sign for them that's been good. So, uh, yeah, it's. It, I think it's a. It's a at the point now where you're halfway through the season. I really think the Mets are too talented to really be where they're at. They, I, I still think there's a run left in them. Buck Showalter, to me, is one of the best managers in the, in the game. So, you know, I think at some point they make that run. The Padres are a little weird for me because they've been healthy. You know, you, you Tatis is back and he's swinging it well. You know, Soto's uh, is starting to get it going these last couple months. Machado's starting to get hot. You know, that rotation's been pretty healthy. So, you know, for me, that's the one team where I look and say, what's up with the Padres? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, they're supposed to make that run. And they did last year towards the end, and they got to the postseason made some noise. So the Padres are definitely a team that, I, that I'm just uh, – I'm baffled. I'm baffled, baffled because it's not like the Mets where you've seen health be a big thing there. With the Padres, it's more like, man, when are, they, when are these guys going to get going? Yeah, you mentioned the Padres. There was a tweet that came out today. Sean, thanks again for joining us, by the way. Hope your golf went well. Uh, tension, tensions in the Padres clubhouse rumored to be at a breaking point, finger pointing, strategy disagreement, accusations of laziness, poor preparation. Uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, like how was the play? How in your, in your experience do you deal with a fractured clubhouse? Well, that's tough. If, if the clubhouse is fractured, that's not an easy thing to do. Listen, I think the biggest thing about a big league clubhouse, you have guys from all over the, you know, all over the place from Dominican, from Venezuela, you know, nowadays from Japan, from Korea, from the United States, you know, uh, all different races. So it's a, it's a melting pot in those clubhouses. And, you know, if you lose the clubhouse, that's not a good thing, especially when you're 80, you know, about 80 games into the year. So I think what they need to do is they need to have those players only meetings where they say, Hey guys, it's 162. We spend more time with each other than we do our families. We got to find a way to come out, play hard, play the game right, and start winning some ball games at the end of the day. And 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 winning fixes every fixes everything. <laughs> if they can just start winning, it'll fix all those rifts. Yeah, Sean, a team that's winning a ton has been the Baltimore Orioles, and we watched them last year and went, okay, this is a fun team. Like some of that young talents coming together. I remember the Nationals were that way back in 2012, where they had this farm system and it built into something great. But now we're watching the Orioles continue and and grow on that from where they were last year. Look, I'm not ready to say this is like a team that's going to win the World Series or 25-1 to to win the World Series. I'll pump the brakes maybe on that. But what is the ceiling in your eyes for this Orioles team this year? These guys are really good. You know, I think the the great thing about the the Orioles and the Reds when you're seeing right now, you're seeing a lot of the young talent that we've heard about for years come up. Adley Rushman, to me, is, is this generation's Buster Posey. You know, when you go back and look at uh, you know, what he meant to the team when he first got called up last year. That's when they started to win and go to that next level. And you're seeing, you know, the Gunnar Hendersons and, uh, you know, other guys getting called up recently. And then you also have, 
you know, down in, in the in the pipeline. Uh, Jackson Holiday sitting there now, the top prospect in baseball. So the future's bright for the Orioles. That rotation's good. The back end of the pen with pen has been really good with Batista and Cano. They're a good club. I mean, it, for for them to be where they're at right now, halfway through the year, this is a team that's not going away. And I think when you look at the East. I mean, who would have thought that you'd see the Rays and the O's as the as the teams to beat in that division? But the <laughs> Orioles are a really fun team to watch. They got a, a great mix of veterans and young guys, and uh, the, the young guys are here and they can play. Yeah, plus 800 for the Orioles to still win the division. Uh, when we and you met in Cincinnati, uh, I was told by those folks in the Reds front office and marketing and fans that, listen, like, it's fun to have the Cincinnati Bengals be good. But just wait, man, because when the Cincinnati Reds are good, the whole town is like a buzz. And I don't think anybody at that point in time when you and I met and and had that great event thought that the Reds were going to be able to do this. How was this able to turn around and be so exciting so fast? Tristan, you're right. I mean, we were sitting there, we were thinking, oh, yeah, Joe Burrow, there was a couple comments. And and I think I've been there. I played there for eight years. I've seen these fans. When you give the Cincinnati Reds fans something to cheer about, buckle up because they're going to come out. They're going to come out in droves, and they're going to come out with a ton of passion. And that's what you're seeing seeing right now, especially with these young players. When Ellie De La Cruz came up and the Braves came into town this past weekend, I mean, the fans came out, and they came out hard. You know, Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, you know, Nick Crawl, the GM there, you have to give him a ton of credit for some of the, uh, you know, the trades that he's made, the development of these players. I mean, these guys are here. And and I think one of the big things is, look at that rotation. Hunter Green's been banged up. Nick Lodolo's been banged up, who these guys are frontline, top-of-the-line starters. Andrew Abbott comes up, and this guy's been absolutely lights out. Ashcraft's back. So they have the rotation to be great moving forward. I think that's a big thing. A lot of teams see a good young uh, position players. These guys have great young position players and a great rotation, a young rotation with Diaz at the back of that pen. So the future has never been as bright as it is right now in Cincinnati, and you can just feel the energy going on right now. And, and too, Tristan, the other day with Votto coming back, hitting a couple home runs on that Friday night, that place almost came down. So it's good for Joey Votto, too, because that guy, you know, brings a lot of energy, and, you know, he's the Wiley vet now, and it's just it's going to bring him, uh, you know, a lot of uh, – being reignited to be back out out there on the field with these young kids. Well, as Trista and I have now referred to them as our Reds because we've got to one. seventeen to one to win the division. So we are rooting for the Reds wow. the rest of the way. But they are they're a really fun team to watch, and we knew there was hype around Ellie De La Cruz. He came up and he certainly lived up to those expectations in the short amount of time we've seen him on the field. So Corbin Carroll's the heavy favorite to win NL Rookie of the Year. He's at minus four fifty. Ellie De La Cruz plus four fifty. Can like, is there a shot still, even with a little more limited time up in the majors, that De La Cruz can overtake him and win the Rookie of the Year? I don't know, man. Carroll's putting up some big numbers. Yeah. And, and, you know, this guy solidifying himself really as a superstar player. So I don't see Corbin Carroll slowing down. Uh, I think that's that's the big factor here. Because if he was a fringe player and a guy that we were like, oh, you know, he's got a good shot here. He's having some decent numbers. Corbin Carroll, to me, is a superstar player. So for Ellie De La Cruz to catch him, he would have to put up just superb, you know, un- incredible numbers in the second half to catch Corbin Carroll. 
I'm curious, you mentioned how good of a manager Buck Showalter is. I do want to just go back really quickly to the Mets because after that bullpen mismanagement uh, in the eighth inning against the Phillies, Mets fans were calling for his dome. And Steve Cohen's obviously not going to make a change in the middle of the stream. But I am curious, is there like a failure to adapt to like this new style of the modern major leagues? Is it just maybe he's speaking in riddles? Like, what is it that's caused Buck Showalter to come in and have this team win 103 games this year and then sort of be a, a befuddling team this year outside of the injuries? You know, I think there was a lot of things that went right last year for the Mets as far as, uh, you know, when DeGrom and Scherzer were down. Don't forget, Chris Bassett and Taiwan Walker really stepped into that rotation and kind of kept them afloat. You know, McGill was healthy. There were some arms that they had. Now there's a ton of guys that aren't healthy. Um, you know, Verlander and Scherzer haven't really pitched up to their abilities yet. I think that's a big part of it. Buck Showalter is one of the greatest baseball minds I've ever been around. I've known Buck when I was a player. Uh, in between Buck going from the Orioles to the um, to the Mets, he was at MLB Network with us. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that's at another level baseball-wise. So the new generation of baseball, the old generation of baseball, if anyone could adapt to it, it's Buck Showalter. I just think the biggest thing when you look at that team is health. You know, I, I think they and, – and, and, and performance. I mean, they just have really underperformed, and they're in a very, very tough division. Uh, there, especially with the Braves, you know, at the top. And at the end of the day, I don't think it's really Buck Showalter as it is, is the Mets just kind of falling apart in this first half. Talking to Sean Casey, BetMGM tonight. Got about a minute here. Uh, the Rangers are the favorites to now win the AL West. They're five games up on the Astros. Is this a team that can hang on and overtake that division from the Astros? They got it. I mean, Chris Young has done a great job right there with, with that team. I mean, just going out and getting Evaldi, getting John Gray, uh, Martin Perez, Dane Danning has been in there. And, and really pitching well, too, since DeGrom went out. But Corey Seager's playing at an MVP caliber right now, what he's doing, and Simeon at the top. That lineup, top to bottom, with Young and Nathaniel Lowe and, 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 and Garcia, these guys are absolute studs. So, yes, uh, do I think Texas has a shot to win the West? No doubt about it. They are, they're fully loaded and ready to go, but it's going to be a fight to the end because I think the Angels are going to be in this mix, too, when it's all said and done. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I want to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the playoffs. I think everybody wants to see that. So yeah. we're all begging for that to happen. Sean Casey, 12 years in the majors. Really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on with us. Consider the nicest guy great. in baseball, actually, as well. I would say so. And you know, <laughs> learn, I would say seems like learned a few things, right, in the 12 years you played in the majors. That's for sure. So, yeah, this, is, this has been a season for sure, Trista, where it's like you, we so have much, some Sean. of these teams Thanks, that guys. are just, wait, Okay, wait, the Rangers, maybe I do take them. Like, at some point, you just kind of have to start taking some teams seriously. No, or throw them off a cliff like the Mets. Yeah. I trust I trust Sean Casey. He knows what he's talking about. I know. It's... Well, they are mad at Buck. I tell you what, they are mad. <laughs>